A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The Braves Radio Network channel on the Podcast Park is brought to you by Truist Bank. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. Atlanta's best Braves insider, the host of the Braves pregame show, and our go-to source for everything happening in the clubhouse. There's a strike. A frozen rope to center. Beautiful Peggy Gattle. Are you kidding me? This is the Frozen Rope Report with Kevin McAlpin. Well, a very pleasant good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Frozen Rope Report right here on the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. And as always, I'm your buddy Kevin McAlpin, truest reporter for the home of the Braves, coming up on year number 13 of the Braves Radio Network. Really, really excited to get things going here on 680 The Fan locally in Atlanta and wherever you may be across the Southeast. It is baseball season. That's right. The big game has come and gone. And now we can turn our attention to pitchers and catchers reporting to Northport this week. The full squad will be there on the 20th next week. And then on the 24th, Saturday, a week from this Saturday, we will have our first Grapefruit League game. We're going to tell you everything you need to know if you are planning a spring break trip to go see the Braves at their home in the Gulf Coast of Florida. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll also hear from one guy who's looking to make a bit of a position change. Charlie Culberson in studio with Nick and Chris late last week. We're going to hear from the Braves' former utility man, now turned reliever. We'll get to that conversation coming up here in just a little while. And you know we will take a look and pay homage to this date in baseball history. Brought to you by our friends at Homage Vintage Sports Apparel. I do have to tell you, Homage is the best. They are loading up on all new gear for the upcoming season. And they're hooking my son's baseball team up with our coaches we are going to be the best looking coaches in the league they're hooking us up with some great royals merch that's right we are the uh, royals this spring uh it's fun my, my son plays at fuller's park at east side and uh spring they do big league teams and in the fall they do the the fun minor league teams but we are the kansas city royals and we've got some bo jackson shirts and we got some really cool royal shorts coming so want to thank the fine folks at homage and again hey maybe you want to do the same for your kids little league team or maybe you just want to be uh, the best looking guy at the ballpark or, or gal at the ballpark this summer. Uh, homage.com is where you need to be. Speaking of comfort, uh, they certainly have great gear there at Homage. Also want to thank our friends at dtfootwear.com. Ron, Ryan, their entire staff do an unbelievable job. We're going to tell you how you can score a discount and some free shipping as well. Uh, tennis season. It is right around the corner. Alta Tennis huge in our neighborhood. Whether you're looking to get out there, run around a little bit. Maybe you just want some comfortable shoes uh, for uh, everyday wear. They've got wide sizes. They've got uh, varying uh, width as well. Uh, so you will have the most comfortable feet in the world. And we'll tell you more about DT Footwear coming up in just a little while. But if you are planning on headed south to see the Braves, I got to tell you, this is spring training number five already, which is really hard to believe. 
And it really has sort of been a time warp for the Braves in Sarasota County. Remember, they were supposed to be there in 2019. They added on an extra year at Disney just to make sure the construction was all done and everything was ready to go for 2020. And of course, we know what happened in 2020. The world came to a screeching halt there in the middle of March. So we were really only there for about a month before things shut down. Then 2021, you still had reduced capacity. So really, this is the third full real spring training in uh, in Northport. And if you are thinking about taking the family down, I cannot recommend it enough. Now, that area is absolutely exploding with development. There are all new townhome communities. There are hotels popping up left and right. There are new shopping areas. Every time I go down there, you know, I was just down there last month for fantasy camp. The area changes so much year to year. And I know the first couple of years were a little dicey trying to find lodging accommodations, things of that nature, but I know that's getting a little bit easier. So if you you want to go down if you want to fly well there's two different places you can fly in and out of sarasota bradenton is about a 40 minute drive north of the braves complex there in uh, in northport and then you've got fort myers which is a little bit further away but it's a bigger airport more flights in and out of there it's a little bit more convenient if you're looking for varying times for your flights that's about an hour drive south of the complex so uh, sarasota county uh, where the braves are kind of situated right in the middle of those two airports now if you're tuned in from anywhere in the atlanta area you hop on 75 and just go south and keep going south and keep going south till you see the Northport sign. It is literally the easiest drive. It's about an eight hour, seven and a half hour, eight hour drive, depending on if you've got a lead foot. I like to go in the middle lane, a few miles per hour over, hit the cruise control uh, because I know some of those state troopers down there in South Georgia and uh, in, in, in Florida uh, are, are no joke. Uh, they, don't, uh, they don't take very kindly to speeders. So if you're going down and you're driving, I can highly recommend do the speed limit, folks. I've seen so many uh, guys pulled over. Matter of fact, we had a spring training at Disney where there must have been a speed trap going on, and I think half the team got pulled over back in 2013, 2014, and they were literally texting everybody, hey, slow down, do the speed limit. So it is an easy drive. It's 75 south, and the, uh, the complex is just a few miles off of 75 once you get down there to Northport. Traveling to see the Braves on the road is also a whole lot more convenient if you wanted to go see them, maybe see a game or two at Cool Today Park, maybe go sit at the Tiki Bar and have a rum bucket, but maybe you wanted to go see them play uh, a different team. I would say put the Red Sox on that list. JetBlue Park at Fenway South is absolutely fantastic. It's like I said, it's about an hour drive south uh, down there in Fort Myers. You got two teams in Fort Myers. You got the Red Sox and the Twins over there at Hammond Stadium. Not a far drive apart either. Braves will see those guys a lot throughout the course of spring training. Then if you wanted to travel to the north back up towards Sarasota and Bradenton, you've got the Orioles and Pirates in Sarasota and Bradenton respectively. Then you go a little bit further to the north, about an hour 45 minute drive up to the Tampa area. You've got the Yankees that are there in Tampa right across the street from the Tampa Bay Bucks Stadium. That is a beautiful facility there at Steinbrenner Field. You also have the Phillies in Clearwater. You've got the Blue Jays in Dunedin. And then uh, a little bit further inland, if you go about 25-30 miles inland from Tampa, uh, you get to Lakeland, Florida, which is a very, very cool place. Joker Marchant Stadium uh, is one of the older ballparks I've ever been in, but they have renovated that place. It is beautiful. It is well worth the drive. 
drive. It is a great, great atmosphere. Um, you can't go wrong if you're watching baseball in the Grapefruit League. Now, if you want to be a little bit more adventurous, hop across Alligator Alley. You can head over to West Palm, where you've got the Nationals and the Astros. You also have St. Lucie, where the Mets call home. And then Jupiter on the east coast of Florida. Marlins and the Cardinals share a complex there. So that is a look at your Grapefruit League road trips, if you wanted to make it happen. But again, time spent on the bus, far, far less for these guys than it was when we were going up and down that Florida Turnpike at Disney World or having to deal with I-4 east and west. It was uh, an absolute cluster, to say the least. If you've been down to Orlando, you've driven on I-4, that thing is, uh, it gets worse and worse by the year. So having the ability to take batting practice in your own facility, show up at the road ballpark at 1230, stretch, go play your game, and you're back uh, home by, you know, 334 o'clock. That's not so bad. Um, so again, if you're looking to see the Braves, Cool Today Park is fantastic. You can go to Braves.com. Mark Bowman wrote a little uh, frequently asked questions article about uh, seeing the guys on the backfields. I know that's a big deal for a lot of fans uh, to get a little closer to the guys as they're doing their workouts. Autograph information. If you want to be down on the field pregame, uh, the BP experience, all that info is on Braves.com. You can find that there. Bowman does a great job of sort of breaking down what fans can expect if you are planning a trip down to spring training. Now, I'm still hoping to weasel a couple of days in. We'll see if I can make it happen. Got to talk to the boss to see if they'll send me down for a couple of days. But uh, again, there's nothing better than warm weather, 75, 80 degrees, nice breeze blowing, cold beer in your hand, and you're watching Braves baseball because baseball season is back, folks. That's right. Football season is done. It has come and gone. And what a game it was last night, by the way. My goodness. I thought that thing was headed for double overtime, and uh, who knows what the hell would have happened there if that ended up being the case. But a really, really entertaining game, and I know a lot of folks are are just uh, chomping at the bit to get back to work. Now, when the Braves do get going, obviously all eyes are going to be on the starting rotation. We'll also be very uh, paying close attention to Jared Kelnick, which I thought a lot of folks have been talking about Kelnick going into camp this year and really a guy that the Braves aren't putting a whole lot of expectations on, right? I mean, you, you just want him to go out there and, and be himself. Um, I don't need Jared Kelnick to hit 30 bombs for me this year. I've got a lineup that can handle the heavy lifting. So excited to see what he looks like in a Braves uniform, see if the Braves add another right-handed hitting outfielder between now and the end of camp. Uh, there are still some names out there that I think can help this team. We'll keep an eye on both those positions and really that to me are the two main storylines when you get down to camp. So excited for that and excited for Charlie Culberson. He is trying to make the transition to a relief pitcher. Now, again, I wouldn't bet against him. I don't know about you folks, but I'm not betting against Charlie. If anybody can make that transition and make it work, it's a guy like Charlie. Uh, Beloved in that clubhouse. Uh, We'll see what he looks like uh, when he's had a couple of chances to pitch in the big leagues. He's been 95-96. He throws hard. He's got a good arm pitched in high school. Uh, So we'll see if that uh, transition comes easy to him. And if it does, where he fits in. Now, it's a numbers game for Charlie, right? I mean, you don't really see an opening in the bullpen right now. But if he can throw gas, he can throw strikes, get big league hitters out. Having a guy like that at AAA, nice to have that kind of weapon at your disposal should an injury happen or, you know, should a guy need to miss some time uh, or even just a few days. You can bring a guy like that up. We'll see how it all plays out for Charlie Culberson. Again, I'm not betting against him here this year. Speaking of Charlie, Charlie, we're going to hear from Charlie on the other side. As we return, we'll tell you more about spring training. We'll tell you where you can look to stay. And hey, if you're headed to spring training, you want some spots to eat, I'll tell you where you need to go. Coming up as we continue on the Frozen Rope Report right here on the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. Follow the podcast park on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind the scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the podcast park. 
Hey folks, K-Mac here, and if you're struggling to find shoes that fit right, well, I got some great news for you. Head over to DTFootwear.com. It's your go-to for wide-width shoes. With sizes from narrow all the way up to 14E for both men and women, DT Footwear ensures a comfortable fit for every foot, which is especially beneficial for those with foot conditions like plantar fasciitis. Plus, their shoes come with up to three free inserts, for unmatched comfort. Check out this quick highlight from a satisfied customer. Lisa says, after chatting with Ron about my father's needs, I ordered three pairs of shoes. Their customer service and expertise were impressive. And speaking from experience, I can tell you Ron, Ryan, their entire crew at DT Footwear, they're going to take very, very good care of you. How good? Well, listen to this. How about free shipping and $15 off your first order using the code FROZEN, like as in the Frozen Rope Report, the show you're listening to right now. $15 off your first order you're going to get free shipping as well so step up to the plate at dtfootwear.com where comfort meets quality get your discount and let your feet enjoy the game as much as you do that's dtfootwear.com and feel the difference today follow the podcast park on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind the scenes looks at all our shows find us on twitter instagram and facebook at the podcast park we continue with you on a dreary, rainy Monday morning. It is the Frozen Rope Report right here on the Braves Radio Network. K-Mac here with you. Glad to be back as baseball season has returned. And, of course, we got lots of great stuff coming your way, not only on the podcast side of things, but on the Braves Radio Network. Excited to get things rolling for 2024. I mentioned before the break, if you are planning a trip down to spring training, I'm going to give you a bunch of places you need to go eat if you are in the Northport Venice Beach area. One place in particular is Snook Haven. Uh, it is just a few miles from the ballpark. Uh, you make a left on River Road. You make a right, and you go down this jungle. You almost feel like you made a wrong turn or you missed the, the entrance to it. But you go down this uh, dirt jungle road, it feels like. It feels like you're going back in time to old Florida. Right along the Mayaka River, get the uh, Gator Bites. They are outstanding. Some of the best po' boys in the area as well. And some good, cheap, cold beer. You can listen to the banjo players there. They're there a couple of nights a week. Can't recommend Snook Haven enough. If you are in the uh, Englewood area, Lock and Key is a go-to for a lot of folks on the traveling party. I know Brian Snitker has raved about that one down there. Uh, there is also uh, an Italian restaurant. I believe it's Mama's Italian restaurant. You might want to check that one out. Uh, you might see our buddy Mark Bowman in there. He frequents Mama's Italian restaurant. Also, if you are a little further north up the coast, there is Pop's Sunset Grill. That place is outstanding. Uh, they've got three different kind of bars and restaurants in one. You've got the tiki bar. You've got the inside seating. You've got the, uh, the the indoor bar area as well. They've got great merch as well. I got all kinds of great pop stuff when I went down there uh, a few years ago. You also have the Lighthouse Bar and Grill. That is a little further south. And if you want a really, really cool view of the sunset and a great atmosphere right on the beach, Sharky's on Venice Pier is a great spot. They've got another uh, Finn's restaurant upstairs, a little more upscale, but Sharky's, uh, we do our q and sessions uh, during fantasy camp there and I would love to just go get a cold uh, frozen margarita sit in the uh, Adirondack chairs watch the sun go down it is uh, absolutely beautiful spot right there on the beach there are others as well stay tuned we'll tell you more about those if you're inland a little bit if you're in uh, the Venice area uh, me Pueblo as well is a really really good one there's a barbecue joint we went to too and I'm drawing a blank on the name but there is great great seafood anywhere you look you'll have plenty of great spots to uh, enjoy the warmer weather 
uh, that uh, that Sarasota County and the Gulf Coast of Florida has to provide. Well, one guy who's hoping to really enjoy things down at spring training this year is Charlie Culberson. And recently, he came in studio with Nick and Chris to talk about making that transition to a reliever. And I wanted to play that conversation in the event you missed it late last week here on 680 The Fan. 1119, Domino Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. You're on a Thursday morning into the afternoon. It's our next platform question of the day. Today is National Kite Flying Day. So, what's your favorite song about flying, Domino? That is our next platform question. So, this isn't exactly about flying, but I think it was Charlie's walk-up song. That's fair enough. Charlie kind of did one of these. He looked around. He, I think it hit him. I noticed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, y'all, y'all are, y'all are slick. Yeah, it's not. We are on top of things like nobody else. Charlie Culberson is here in the studio. How many, how many different walk-up songs do you think you had in your career? I'm not sure, but change? I think I only had one with the Braves. Okay. And You're it proud was of that? that? Yeah. Hey, these awesome. guys, so, yeah, yeah, these guys sort so. of just play what's hot, and then you just you found something and stuck with it. I stuck with it right. here in Atlanta. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. You're trying something new now, though, for those that don't know. The last time you pitched a lot was when you were a, what, senior at Calhoun High, like 17 years ago? That's right. Yeah, here we are doing it again. And, and so now, better. yes, uh, here you are. What what led to, first of all, this decision? I know that you did it here and there in the major leagues, but what made you want to try this as a full-time position? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, everybody's career changes, and I didn't really have that super luxury of finishing out as the utility player that I kind of was at the big league level, and teams just kind of go on. They move on, unless you're... Unless you're the superstar that's playing every day, like they're going to find new guys to fill that spot. And I think I told somebody the other day, like I feel like I'm capable of continuing to be that you know solid utility player here. Um, but again, teams just move on; they they change their mind, and I had to adjust. Yeah, we'll talk about the adjustments and really what your plan is. But there is this thing: the 34 year old sort of utility guy. They almost will say, "Give me the 22 year old guy." Because the clock thing isn't really what it used to be, keeping guys down in the minors. And I say for a, for a little bit less money and for a guy that might be a little bit more upside, we're going to bring this guy up and you sort of become dinosaurish to be the guy who might be the 34, 35-year-old utility guy on the team these days. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But there's also a, a part, too, that's like there's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played a ton at the major league level. I'm not getting 700 plate appearances. Like, I'm going through all the workouts, preparing, but obviously not seeing the field a ton. So there's something to that. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 34 years old, or you could bring up a 22-year-old, but they might get more production. Who knows? You just never know. There's Everybody's a different player. Um, but I've been fortunate enough to be on great teams. When Alex traded for me in that big money swap trade, came into 18, and, you know, I'll say it like I was a I was a part of that winning team to get the Braves back on track. I I felt like I did my part. And now since then the Braves obviously have a lot of ton of they have a ton of great players, superstar players that you know are pulling the load, but you know, you have to have everybody to kind of help tug at one end of the rope, right? I don't um, think any team's won without a guy. Nick and I have talked about this. I don't think you win without a guy who is never gonna be the best player, not gonna be the second best player. But there's a guy in the room that you go, oh, that guy gets what we're trying to do here, and he's going to help us because he understands what we're trying to do here. Yeah, you need a few of those players. You obviously need your your all-stars. You, it's great to have Ronald Acuna, Austin Riley, Matt Olson. Like, you, you keep going down the list. Like, for Braves fans, like, you have to be excited for the future and for right now. Like, 
it's really fun to watch them, but you need a whole team. You need more than 26 guys. It's just how it is. Guys get hurt, and other guys have to fill in. I was very fortunate to be one of those guys to have filled in to help out this team get back on track. Um, I'm not saying I was the only one that that did my part, but I take a lot of pride in being that utility player that filled in for Ronald when he got hurt in 18 and filled in for Ozzy and Dansby. And like, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty humble guy, but I'll have to give myself some props for doing those things too, for being called upon. I mean, I'm, I wasn't an all-star. I wasn't ever the best player, but I feel like the time that I had in Atlanta and my role wasn't too bad. Did but, you sense it just fit, though, because the fans, everybody seems to still embrace you in the city of Atlanta. To a certain extent, I understand being a hometown person, that helps. But the fit just seemed right. Yeah, I mean, I think it worked out. Um, it worked out. Uh, I try my best to always be available to fans. Um, I'm still, you know, a professional baseball player that goes out and, and gets my work in. But I always try my best to take the time out to be willing to talk to fans, to kids, to help out, to give them advice, to show them that, like, you can do both. It's not like a one-sided thing where you are just a baseball player and you're put up on a pedestal and people look at you and you're not human. Like, come on. We're just blessed with the ability to play a game and get extra chances. So let's go back to the pitching thing in high school. Could Do you believe, looking back, you could have been a guy who, minor league pitcher with a chance to make it up to the bigs? Yes. You do? Yeah. Okay. So what was the swing? How did you become the everyday player? Like, what was the moment that somebody said, okay, but you're not a pitcher now. Now you're a guy who's going to try to earn a spot being an everyday player. Like, what was the what was the tran- transition? There was one specific day. It was my birthday and, uh, and my senior year in high school. And I remember I was 4 for 4 that day with two home runs. And I got up to 96 on the mound. So I pitched, had a great day at the plate. And one team was like, uh, they emailed me and they're like, hey, you know, we like the way um, that you play, this and that. We'd love to invite you to our pre-draft as a pitcher. And I remember emailing them back and saying, well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. But what about as a shortstop? And they're like, oh, we view you as a better pitcher. And I'm like, no, nah, you know, I believe I can do it as an infielder, as a position player. And I was able to, maybe not to the extent of some of these great careers. But again, I'll go back to it like, I had a goal in mind, and I made it to the big leagues as a position player and was able to scratch out almost eight full seasons that way. But I knew that I could pitch, too. And I I feel like my arm's fresh. I don't have many innings in my arm. Yeah, work that to your advantage. Charlie Culberson here in studio with us. So what's that initial conversation with Alex Anthopoulos like when you tell him you want to be a pitcher? Well, the second time they took me off the roster because, you know, I can't just be optioned back down to the minor leagues. It's either you're on the active roster or you're not. And... I remember talking to my wife, Sarah, and then I called Alex and I said, hey, I, I kind of see where this is trending for me. What if I try to pitch? And, you know, they've seen me pitch before, and Alex is like, yeah, I think it's great. Why not? And, you know, for them, it, it's not much for the Braves. Sure, go to AAA and sure. go on the development list for however long, and you only have two months less left of the season. So I built up for six weeks just working at pitching and getting my arm in shape, and then it's up to me, right, to go down there and throw and See what I got. So I, what's it like, though, to watch a game or sit in? Because bullpen guys were a little bit strange. That group is yeah. a little bit different than everybody else. Now you're in that group. What's it like to actually go watch a game from down to the bullpen? Yeah, you have some guys that are they're locked in on every pitch. They have, they have the routine. Then some guys just try not to think about the game as much. You're, I mean, for the most part, you're in the outfield. 
behind the fence. You're away from the game. Sometimes you can't even see the scoreboard in AAA, AAA parks. So you really don't know what's going on. It's like it's really hard to really focus and pay attention to like every pitch and the, the inning and the, the score and all that and what guys are doing. Um, I think it's just like a position player that's coming off the bench. You just find a routine that, that fits you and helps you stay locked in. Now, the weird part was you take the mound last September and what you give up, two earned runs in almost three innings. Mm-hmm. And as a pitcher over seven and a third, you didn't give up that many runs. But all things considered, it was a success as you came off the mound that day, right? Yeah, I mean, I I started two innings, got through both innings, came in with one out in my last appearance um, to finish an inning, and I finished the inning. You know, I gave up a couple long flyouts, and then I, I gave up singles. I had strikeouts. I got swing and miss. I walked the very first batter I faced on a 3-2 pulled fastball. So I feel like I was able to go through a lot of scenarios in just three appearances, whether it was my first outing was mo- mostly fastball cutters some sliders. The next one was mainly sliders. The last outing was a lot of cutters. So, like, I was able to do a lot of things, face a lot of lefties. So what's the plan when you get on the mound this early into this? I know you pitched, and I know you watch these games because as a utility guy, yeah. you have to be aware because that's how you're going to be on a team the following year. You have to be a guy who understands the game. You have to have probably a pretty good baseball IQ. Is the plan, like, what's the scouting report situation for you? Now you're reading the other end of a scouting report. So what's that like for you? Well, I know how hard it is as a hitter to hit. And you think you have an advantage kind of. As a pitcher, do you not? Sure. Okay. I do. So explain that. Why do you think you have an advantage now? Well, as a hitter, you know, especially at the major league level, you have all these scouting reports. You go over everybody at the beginning of the series, and then the next days you go over the starter. And so you understand that what those pitchers do really well, and you try to eliminate a certain pitch, whether it's your nastiest pitch, whatever it may be, you eliminate. But I understand as a hitter, like, how tough it is to even hit pitches that aren't perfect pitches from a pitcher. Like, pitchers miss all the time. Some miss more than others. And you just have to, as a hitter, you eliminate pitches. And I understand that guys that have really good spin, you have to swing above the ball. Like, you're swinging one or two balls above it, which is kind of crazy to think about. Or if it's a high-spin breaking ball, you're thinking about swinging underneath the baseball to hit it. And so understanding that gyro sliders are, are tough to hit and, hard sweepers and, you know, those those late-life fastballs that are high spin, high vert at the top of the zone are tough to hit. And so as a hitter, I've had the advantage of being able to try to hit those pitches, um, and, and I know which ones are tougher than others. So I just... And you got to stay away from the middle of the plate. I mean, when push comes to shove, isn't it? I don't want to make the game too simple because it's not, but you probably know, oh, I, it, when it leaves your hand, yeah. Do you sort of know, oh, that, this might not turn out well? Like, yeah. Are I you mean, aware of that? Yeah. And, and the guys that, you know, that I've faced that are more wild than others, like you can see balls that are just spiked out of the hand or, or fastballs that aren't even close. That makes those pitches that are down the middle even better to hit because you can just eliminate so many pitches. But if a guy has a better feel for the strike zone and making good pitches, then it's just it's a tougher at bat. And so if you're more around the zone, you're hitting your spots better, it doesn't necessarily mean that your pitches have to be that much better. Location is better than stuff sometimes. 
Charlie Culberson here in studio with us. Like we said, reinventing himself as a pitcher going down to spring training. What, next Friday? You're going to be headed down? So in the offseason, you work with a pitching lab. What does that teach you more so than anything else? Yeah, I mean, I told myself, too, like if I'm going to try and make this switch, and now I'm making a big switch, I'm switching positions, like going to be a pitcher, I can't just work out on my own. I can't just throw on my own. Like I know that that would probably be okay. But at this point in my career, I've got to have extra help to guide me with mechanical stuff, with thought, extra thought process on, on grips and, you know, how to attack hitters and my body, like body awareness on the mound. Um, this is the time to kind of clean all that stuff up. But then once you get on the mound, it's all about competing and just giving it your best your best stuff. Same when, thing. When did this pitching lab stuff start? I'm trying to figure it out because they are called pitching labs, and they're real yeah. things now, whether it's biomechanics. They're trying to figure out pressure points. They're trying to figure out how to keep guys healthier. I don't even know when this began. And I guess you find out more about, it sounds strange to say, but you find out more about your own body, right? Because I guess you were quoted as saying everybody's body is yeah. obviously different, so your your mechanics are going to be different. Right, and there's only so many things that you can change. I feel like my body is set up a certain way. I'm not going to be able to move like Spencer Strider on the mound. Uh-huh. Like his foot opens up a lot better than my front foot opens up, and that's just part of it. Like I'm not going to go have surgery or whatever <laughs> to try to like correct my body and how it's formed, you know. So everyone's different, but we can all, you know, learn from some of the guys that move really well on how they you know, with their leg kick and how they load and then how they free fall down the mound. But you, arm slot to me is always the one. Mm -hmm. Like if you start screwing with an arm slot, to me, you're just screaming to get hurt. Yeah, so everyone has a natural arm slot, and I feel like there's a natural way to adjust and clean that up. Like I don't need to be throwing straight over the top or or being submarine pitcher like and just start to do something off the wall crazy. It's here I am, let's clean up what I've got and go from there. Have you figured out, do you move righty-lefty? Have you moved on the mound, or have you figured out where you need to be on the mound? That's the other thing guys have to figure out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like naturally you want to move more towards the third base side to kind of crowd a righty, and then your cutter or your breaking stuff will come in better to a lefty. Um, so I think it's just me adjusting, and, you know, I've only thrown in, I threw in three games at the end of the season as an actual pitcher. I think that's just up to me to figure out, like, what's comfortable for me with angles on how I'm feeling that day. So let's talk about life. Three kids now, and you're going back down to spring training. Again, the kids are getting a little bit older, and there's a lot of juggling going on now, right, as opposed to when you first started your career. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sarah and I talk about this a lot. You know, when the kids were younger, it was spring training was a really fun time for us because they might not be in school yet, and we just all go out and break up that part of the offseason. They get to go and, you know, lay by the pool and go to baseball games and, you know, go out and eat some good food. And just it just changes things up. And now that they're all in school and doing their own thing and getting older, it makes it a lot tougher for us. Tell everybody what age. Yeah, they're um, 11, 8, and almost 7. So fifth, second, first grade. How many different activities are going on with three kids these days? Each kid really is doing two different things each. And so when you have dad home helping out for four straight months or the best that I could, that helps out mama too, right? And now that I'm leaving, 
It's more on her plate. And it's not, we're not the only ones that are in that boat. Like everyone else has to go through what was the, certain things. I don't know if it's a kitchen table conversation. What was the conversation with your wife about, about doing this? Sarah said, if I don't think, if I didn't think that you could do this, I'd tell you to stay home. She was just honest with me, but she has hundred percent confidence in me and my ability and the headspace that I've had this off season. She goes, since I believe in you that you can do this. I'm okay with you going. So She's always was, been behind me in my career. So she understands, I don't want to say this, but she understands enough about baseball. Yeah. As well as you, personality-wise, that yeah. this is realistic enough to go away for seven weeks, maybe go away for a few months on top of that, and she's okay with it. Yeah, I mean, last year was really hard for us with the juggling, getting a chance to, you know, fill in in, in Atlanta, but she's like, you were in Gwinnett for two-thirds of the season, but it still feels like you were away you know and it's just tough it is it's tough um i I don't i don't don't know if this is a fair question or not is this a want or a need for you is this a want thing or is this a need thing for you maybe a little both like i want this because i know that i can do it uh a need in what sense i don't want to retire uh, I don't want to be sitting on my couch in May. Like Charlie Morton oh, told what you. I, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'm going to miss the crack of the bat. I'm going to miss the yeah. roar of the crowd. That's stuff that you're going to be thinking about. Charlie Morton said it anyway when he's 70 years old. And he's got a family situation similar yeah. to yours. He likes his family. Yeah, he loves his, he loves his family. He right. loves his wife and kids and right. loves being there with them. But I think there's a need for some guys that I... And it's not because of, of ego. It's I don't want to leave meat on the bone. I don't want to ask myself 10 years from now, could I have done this? That to me is is the difference between want and need. Want, I want to keep yeah. playing baseball. Need is I don't want to have to think about this somewhere down the road as to whether I could have done it or not. Well, I, you know, I've had great support, and whether it's family or friends, you know, that you we all have those people that you go to. and The honest for, guy. Yeah, yeah, for good advice. And, you know, I think last August and September was a thing that kind of did it for me. If I would have went out and, you know, I was – 88 to 90, I wasn't spinning the ball good. I was just getting crushed in those few appearances. Wasn't throwing any strikes, walking everybody. Then I could have said, you know what? I gave it a shot. But I feel like I was able to do some really cool things analytically too because let's be honest, baseball is very analytical now. Like I feel like I'm a, I was a decent enough utility player that brought a lot to the table that helped in any way that I could but I'm not hitting the ball 95 off the bat all the time, and I'm not the fastest guy out there. I guess I don't wow the the numbers guys enough to keep me around in that role. But spinning a baseball, like, I feel like I fare pretty well, and again, I am got swing and miss, and those were the things that allowed me to say, I can do this. And so, yes, it's more of a need in a sense of, I don't want to say... What if, what if, right? Right. And so now I'm giving it a shot. And in my mind, I know I can do it. And that's the conversation. We talked about this on the air yesterday, Charlie, that you, Chris, had with Jeff Francoeur, right? No doubt. He was in a similar situation. Jeff was looking at a minor league contract possibly after he'd had a pretty good run with Philadelphia's mm-hmm. pinch hitter. And he, he, you know, he's pissed. Uh, why am I on a minor league deal? Why, you know, I don't know if I want. I said, you don't know if you want to. I said, again, I want you to think about this. I think he had two kids at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, it'll be May or June, and you're going to hold one kid, and your wife's going to be on the other side of the room, and you're going to be pissy. And then she's going to be pissy because you're not really being the father you're supposed to be because you're angry. 
or you're just you didn't do what you thought you should have done or what you could have done, but just got ego said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I don't think that's a win for anybody. You know, make it make them rip the uniform off here. At least you're telling me what I hear. What I hear is if you were throwing 88 and walking guys, you don't want to be a clown show. You don't want to be a exactly a sideshow. Right. Right. And you would have known that last yes. year if it did not go well. Exactly. Okay. And again, I've had great support from Braves country, um, but I want to be viewed as like, here's a guy that's coming in. Obviously, I'm not getting any special treatment. I'm going to minor league camp. Yeah. Like I told backfields, backfields, and like, hey, you'll you, we're going to be backing up big league games. And I told my daughter, she's big into dance, and like, she's going through some things. And I'm, as a parent, you want to be a parent, but you want to be a friend too, and you try to do some like similarities. I said, Colin, this is like me being sent back down to the newbie side of dance, even though you're in the top of your class and you're having to work your way back up. Why? That's just what they told you to do. Like I said, there's a chance that dad is going to put on Braves uniform and go in and pitch with no name on the back of my jersey. Something as simple as that. And a number, number that 84. says 80, 84, yeah. my yeah. first major league <laughs> spring training number, 84. Like that's a, that's a hit to me. But then it's like, hey, you know, if, if – this is how it's supposed to go, then so be it. Like, sometimes we can't get all everything that we want all the time. And I think the other part with the the Jeff thing is he ends up calling games and he's back in the organization. And I, I tend to believe, and I think Nick and I have talked about this, I think you're going to be in baseball even when you're done playing baseball. So this, I don't want to call it networking, but there's yeah. there's something about doing this that you might learn for whatever it is the next thing might be. I agree. Um I'm not worried about what's after baseball because I know it all works out one way or the other. Yeah, we kind of, there's a question mark there because you want to do something that you enjoy and that you're good at and that it works with your family, right? It's the dynamic has to work. Um, So I'm not really worried about that. I just know that I can, I can do this. Um, I'm going to have to go to my early camp for the first time in like 14 years, but it is what it is, right? I don't really have much leverage. Go down there give it all I got, show them that I can be a, an effective major league pitcher. I can spin the ball because they want to see guys spin the ball. They want to see swing and miss. Like, let me get a crack at it. And they want to see guys who can, quite honestly, stay healthy. You're up, you're down. Can you do it again? Can you yeah. repeat it? You know, it, you got to be around a little bit. Yeah, being available. Being and around. again, I got I got a, uh, not too many innings fresh. on this arm. Yeah, yeah I, went, hey, I went through some farm fatigue and yeah. throwing a lot this offseason, so I get it. Like. Give pitchers a lot of credit because it's it's a lot of work. Throwing off that slope is is different, and being available to throw back to back days and throw a lot, it, it's work, and you have to put in that extra work. But I know how to put in work. Charlie Culberson uh, with us for a couple more minutes. So, best case scenario, how do you see yourself as a setup guy, as a closer? If it all works out, what do you see yourself doing as a pitcher? Best case scenario. Best case scenario. Closer, right? <laughs> I mean, why not? So you you've thought about. Because most kids think about, oh, I hit the home run in the bottom of the night. Do you really have in your mind, gate opens, I got music, and I'm coming in to finish a baseball game? Like, have you envisioned that? Why not feel that way? Yeah. Why not put those thoughts? I mean, they might be kind of far-stretched, but, like, why not? Right? I've I've been the guy that's been hitting pinch-hit home runs, walk-off home runs in games. Like, as a kid, you envision those moments. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've been able to do some pretty cool things and – be putting some pretty cool moments and to help a team out. It's like, do I want to just be the middle reliever in the big leagues? If that's what it is, sure. Like I can make it back as a major league pitcher, 
but why not want to have that strive to be a closer? You know, though, that those backfields, you're going to be around 19-year-olds, yeah, 20-year-olds. You're going to see arms touched by God. There's probably going to yeah. be a moment where you're going to go, look at this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, have you thought about that a little bit? Because you're not going to be Yoda at that point. You're competing with guys. Yeah, I want to compete. Yeah, I, I don't want to be that guy, and I feel like I've never been that guy that, that just goes in and, and, like, he's just that old grumpy guy that's coming in and, like, you know, like. You know, I was I, here for I, the start of this run right, with the Braves. Like, I've, uh, I've seen that other side. I was a young guy, and I've seen guys, like, just not have good attitudes. Like, I want to be a positive light for all these people that I'm around, even if they're an 18-year-old kid that's coming into spring training for the first time. Do you think there's going to be some 18-year-old kid, let's just say Idaho? He has no idea who the hell you are, and he's looking around going, who's the old guy? Like, on the backfields. Like, there's a chance that's going to happen. Well, he doesn't look 90 in his defense. I'm going to trim up. I'm going to... to Oh, you are? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to to come in looking like I'm 25 again. He'd say that about us. I don't think he'd say that about Charlie Culberson. Oh, these 18-year-olds, they just, they don't, they have no filters. They're liable to just say stuff. Or Or like Isaiah Drake at the end of the season last year, he goes... Hey man, just want to let you know, like, I love watching you play for the Braves, and like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Right, but, and now he's a young prospect, right. and it's pretty cool to see him. And I just want to give. It's cool to have the respect from these young kids, but again, we're like we're on the same playing field. Yeah, we're competing. We're competing. It's like fun competition. Let's go and get after it. I'm not gonna like make you look bad. Don't make me look bad. Let's do this together. And I feel like. That's just positive vibes going through, and I just want to be there to compete, to win job, win a job too. But I'm going to help guys along the way. What if the 20 year olds are going out one night? Is an off day tomorrow? You know, you're not going to get on a bus. You're going to go out with the 20 year olds? Like, do you think you'll be invited? Like, how does that work? The chaperone? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, how does that no, work? I can't, I can't do that. Right. Yeah, I've got, I've got a, I've got a job to do. Like, I got kids at home. I got a wife at home. Like. My 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 job here is a little bit different than yours. We're competing, but my life is a little bit different than yours. Yeah, like that's that's sort of what happens in these camps. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I have one goal in mind when I get to spring training. Like I'm not there to go out and have fun and make sure my golf game is great. <laughs> like I've got to make sure my arms good, and my body feels good, and I'm striking guys out on the field. Let's just be honest. That's just how it is. I don't. I'm not. This is it. This is fun for me, but like. Now is the time to, like, get after it. Like, I don't have all this extra time just to fool around. Like, I'm going to go down there to spring training, and I've got to be ready. As the great Apollo Creed once said, there is no tomorrow. And that's the attitude you have to take, right? Exactly. I mean, I have to. And if not, I'm wasting my my family's time, too, with me being out. All right, listen, we appreciate you coming in. I know you're headed down there next week. We're going to be down there the week of the 19th, so I'm sure our paths will cross down there. And uh, thanks for all the stuff you do outside the Braves organization as well. I know it's uh, where my son used to play, East Marietta. You had a camp there last week. You're doing stuff with the academy, having kids uh, play for you, raising money for charity. So kudos to you for doing all that stuff as well. Yeah, appreciate it. Come see me on the backfield. Will do. <laughs> we'll make our way back there. I know that guy. <laughs> Not you from Idaho, the 19-year-old. That's Charlie Culberson. Charlie Culberson here in studio with us on the family. 
I said it earlier, if there's one guy that I'm not betting against, it's Charlie Culberson. Uh, we'll see how it plays out uh, for him in spring training. We'll see what kind of uh, what kind of heat he's got on that fastball uh, as they get things rolling. Again, on the 24th, spring training games do get going. All right, before we say goodbye, it's time to take a look at this date in baseball history. Brought to you by Homage Vintage Sports Apparel. Check them out online at homage.com, H-O-M-A-G-E.com. Taking you back to this date 100 years ago, February 12th of 1924, when the National League announced the circuit would join the American League in a awarding $1,000 to the player selected by the writers as the league's most valuable player. Now, Dazzy Vance, who went 28-6 and six with a 2.16 ERA, easily uh, beats out Rogers Hornsby to become the senior circuit's first MVP. And on this date in 1924, here's $1,000 if you are named MVP. Also on this date for you here in 1980, the American League would thwart Marv Davis's plan to buy the A's from Charlie Finley when they offered to buy out the Oakland Coliseum lease. Now, the billionaire businessman who would also make failed bids for the Cowboys and Broncos in the NFL had hoped to move the franchise to this from from the city by the bay to Denver. And of course, we know many years later, the Rockies did come around. But on this date in 1980, They said, you know what? Nope, not happening. The A's are staying in Oakland, and of course we know that's not going to happen much longer moving forward. Hey, speaking of owners, it was on this date in 2002, Major League Baseball uh, would own a team after acquiring the Expos from Jeffrey Loria for the first time in history. Now, the former Montreal owner sold the Expos for $120 million, then bought the Marlins for $158 million with a loan from Major League Baseball to cover the shortfall. And, of course, he ended up selling the Marlins for, I think, well over a billion dollars, did Jeffrey Loria. But on this date in 2002, MLB bought the Expos from Loria for the sum of $120 million. A couple more for you here on this date in 2007. An agreement is reached after a year of negotiations on the sale of the Braves from Time Warner to Liberty Media. Now, 70% of the owners had to approve the deal, which includes the retention of GM John Scherholz and manager Bobby Cox. That took place on this date in 2007. And finally for you here, speaking of former Braves, uh, it was uh, on this date in 2008. To add experience to a young rotation, the Twins signed LaVon Hernandez to a one-year $5 million deal with an additional $2 million in performance bonuses. Now, the 32-year-old Cuban righty would also add innings uh, that were necessitated by the departures of both Johan Santana going over to the Mets and Carlos Silva, who went to the Philadelphia Phillies. On this date, LeVon Hernandez, remember, he finished his career as a member of the Atlanta Braves. A lot of folks probably don't remember that in the uh, early, uh, what was it, 2012, 2013-ish area. Uh, Yeah, Levo, LeVon Hernandez, former Brave, but uh, he goes over to the Twins, one year, $5 million. All right, that's going to do it for our show here today, folks. Stay dry if you're in the Atlanta area. If you're listening to us up north, well, I hope you stay warm, uh, as I know a big snowstorm's approaching the Northeast area. So uh, not the greatest weather days today, but uh, again, thanks so much for tuning in. And again, next time we get together, we will actually have some real spring training news. Excited to do that later on this week as we continue with you on the Frozen Rope Report right here on the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.
Hey sandwich lovers, today's your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open, Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacy and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner.